morning. Welcome to each one of you. Happy Valentine's Day. And I just want to thank and praise God that uh, for 22 years of marriage, we had our anniversary yesterday. And I tell my wife that I'm a lucky dog. But actually, luck doesn't have anything to do with it, right? So, um, uh, see if I get my thing straight here. So, tell you a story um, that happened to us uh, last last weekend. So, we were talking with my brother-in-law Aaron, and uh, we heard a funny sound, and we went to the laundry room, and a hose had burst on top of the water heater. And it was just making this huge mess in there. So fortunately, we were there, and I got the water off. And, um, and so we were cleaning it up. And, and uh, anyway, so it wasn't that big a deal. But um, you know, my grandparents listened to Paul Harvey. It was on, I think, around noontime every day, or every weekday. And on Fridays, there was a segment on that says, um, and now for the rest of the story. So the rest of the story to my story is that three or two weeks before the hose burst, Leah mentioned to me, you know, she says, there's something wrong with that hose on top of the water heater. And I, you know, went in, went out, and um, I just thought, and it's, you know, it's fine, you know, no problem. Well, it did last two more weeks, so I got my money's worth out of it, right? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I just totally ignored it. And, uh, uh, you know, it was, it, if I had to, I guess, put a, uh, uh, a name to this opening, it would be warnings. So I, I'd had the warning, I ignored it, and the outcome, it could have been worse, but anyway. So, you know... We're, the Lord has lots of ways that he warns us, right? In God's word, um, there's lots of things that he warns us about, things that we should do, things that we shouldn't do. In, in men's breakfast Saturday mornings, we're going through Proverbs. And so I think about every page in Proverbs, there's things that God tells us about. And it's just words of wisdom, things that we should do, things that we shouldn't do. And, um, you know, God, he just loves us so much, and he wants the very, very best for each one of us. And so, um, you know, but the rest of the story is, is that Jesus has gained the victory. That, you know, Jesus is, um, you know, he's just always there, and, and uh he has overcome death. And the rest of the story is we can spend eternity with Jesus when we've given our life to him. So don't ignore the, the warnings. So anyway, let's pray and the worship team can come forward. Lord, I just do thank you so much that we can still gather here together in the mornings. And let's pray, Lord, that you would... Um, just quiet our hearts that you would, um, if there's any 
obstacles or things that are um, that are oops you would just uh, help us to uh, put the world um, to the side and that we could just through the, this service here this morning that we could listen to you and we could hear your 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 quiet voice Lord thank you Jesus amen welcome this morning welcome if you're visiting it's good to have you here my back is a little bit sore I was shoveling snow a little bit yesterday and I think that's what did it and then this morning it was feeling really good and I went out and shoveled a little bit more snow and it did the same thing and I realized what it was all of a sudden it is good to be here it's dry in here it's not snowing in here and it's warm in here and so praise the Lord for those three things that we get to enjoy hopefully it's not warm enough that you're gonna fall asleep though uh, we've been going through Judges. We're going to take one break this week from Judges. I had something else that the Lord kind of was showing me. We got to get away last weekend. We celebrated our 18th anniversary this past week, and we got to get away to Coeur d'Alene. And if you want to feel a little bit more free, go to Coeur d'Alene for the weekend. It's a lot more free there. Um, but it was really good. We had a good time. Friday was really nice. The sun was shining, and we got to do a lot of hiking out around the hills. It was beautiful. Walked through a lot of the town, and it really got me to thinking that everybody knows that I've had a full hip replacement uh, eight and a half weeks ago. And it, it just really got me to thinking because I was able to hike. I was able that we did about, I don't know, it was about two miles, mile and a half to two miles. And then we walked all through the town, and I don't know, and then we walked back to the house. And so it just, I was excited because last fall I wouldn't have been able to do that. And I hadn't realized how many things I wasn't able to do with my hip that was hurting. And you just kind of learn to put up with it. But after walking and doing a lot of hiking, and, and even this last week, I, I went up to Bluewood and I went skiing last week. And it was just exciting to me to be able to do these things that I haven't really been thinking about a lot, but it, it, my, my, my hip has been, had been hurting, and so I hadn't been able to do them just because it hurts. But it really got me started thinking that I didn't realize what was going on. And I'm starting to realize now what had been going on. And I'm going to talk about forgiveness today. <coughs> and I'm probably going to cry. I think, Andrew, you got me started already. So thank you for that very much. But I didn't realize the freedom that had been taken from me physically with my hip that was hurting. So being able to hike and walk around was exciting to me. But it really struck me about what forgiveness is. And if we fully understand what forgiveness is, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. We've been in Judges where the... Uh, people of Israel, a generation dies out, and God brings a judge and brings them back and forgives them, and then they move on, and they do the same thing over and over, which is the same thing that we do today. Uh, but, but I just want to uh, go through a little bit about forgiveness, because I was living with a painful hip that limited what I could do. It really limited what I can do, and I didn't realize it. I just learned to put up with it, and I could do what I needed to do, but I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I couldn't do what I enjoyed doing. And since I've had that done, 
I'm experiencing freedom that I didn't know that I was going to experience. And that's probably what hits me the hardest is I didn't realize what I was living with. Forgive means to excuse for a fault or an offense or to pardon or to renounce anger or resentment against. That's what forgive means. We can walk around living life with unforgiveness. And it limits the freedom that you have. And you won't even realize what it's limiting if you've lived with it for a long time. You don't realize what it is limiting in your life. I didn't realize how non-mobile I was becoming because of my hip. I could accomplish and do what I needed to do. I could live life. I could do my job. I could do what I needed to do. But it was usually with a fair amount of pain depending on what I was doing. Living with unforgiveness is exactly the same thing except for I'm talking about spiritual pain or emotional pain that we learn to live with and we just put up with it and we soon forget that we're even dealing with it. Psalm 86.5 says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Mark chapter 2. I want to read a couple verses there. Mark chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. It says, when Jesus, now, uh, um, the people, this is the story where the, Jesus is talking to a lot of people in this house, and they had no way for the people to bring this sick man in, and so they cut a hole in the roof, and they let the guy down through the floor. And this is what is happening. When Jesus saw their faith, meaning they went to so much effort to get this guy down in front of Jesus, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can, for, who can forgive sins but God alone? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And these guys were exactly right. God is the one that can forgive sins. The problem that they had is they weren't putting two and two together that this was God. And so they were right. Who alone but God can forgive sin? That is correct. But they were missing the whole point that this was God. And he had the ability, he had the right, he had the power to forgive sins. <clears throat> the people on, in Jesus' time, the, the leaders of that day, they didn't know what to do with the fact that Jesus could forgive sins. They weren't sure what to do with that because it really messed with what they did. And it messed with what they understood and how they understood it. And so who can forgive sins but God? Well, that's right. Nobody can. But you have to realize this is God. And we need to recognize they did not recognize that that was God and that, that he had the power to forgive sin. Mark chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone... 
forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your, you and your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Do I, I, I look at this verse and I don't think I completely understand what that's saying. And if I did, I would be very, very uh, proactive in making sure that I am not holding forgiveness from somebody. Because according to what that says right there, is that if I'm not willing to forgive somebody, then God in heaven won't forgive your trespasses either. That's kind of scary. That'll make you stop and think. That'll sober you up a little bit to really think about and examine your life and look at what's going on in your life. And this is where we're going with today is we'll go a little bit farther into it, but I want you to look at your life. I want you, and I'm looking at my life. I'm not looking at your life. You're looking at your life. And you let the Holy Spirit and you let the Scripture and you let God tell you and show you what if there is anything in your life that you are holding unforgiveness. Because we can start to live with it and we can put up with it and we can do the things we need to do and we can still look like we're doing fine. We can show up to church on Sunday morning and we can still act just fine. But on the inside, we are being torn apart. Because unforgiveness, if you're living with unforgiveness, you are not living in the freedom that Jesus gives. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 20, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 5. And verses 23 and 24. It says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. People had to come from all over to the temple to offer their sacrifices. And so when this was written, and the significance of this is that it wasn't just coming to church on Sunday, and, and sometimes when we do communion, we'll say, hey, you know, make sure that you don't have anything against anybody before you take communion. It isn't so much today that we can come here to church and realize, oh, boy, we need to get something straightened out, and we can get on the phone or whatever. We can get in our car and drive somewhere, and we can take care of the problem within about an hour's time. This here is talking about leave your sacrifice on the altar and go. They're coming from miles and miles away, and they didn't have a car to get there. And so it might mean that they literally gave up their sacrifice. They lost it. They left it there. It's better for you not to sacrifice. Leave it there. Travel however many days you came back home and take care of, reconcile whatever issue needs to be reconciled with your brother and then come back. You want to, this is a huge time commitment for them to do this. But God is saying, Jesus is saying right here, it's better for you to leave that sacrifice there and take the time, whether it's a week or a month, or however long it took them to do this, it was a very significant amount of time that they had to spend to go and reconcile with their brother. But it was put here because it's important. It's important. Today we can do it over the phone. I prefer doing things in person myself. I don't like to do it at all, personally. But when it needs to be done, do it in person. Don't do it through a text message or don't do it through a phone call if you can help it. How often do we live a life that we think is normal because we're not willing to forgive? 
What is your normal? Are you okay? Have you, been, have you become satisfied with your normal? Are you living in the freedom that Christ offers because of the forgiveness that he gave? Or have we become satisfied to live in normal life? It's really hard to understand the freedom that comes from forgiving somebody. Like I said before, living with my hip the way it was for a lot of years, and it didn't hurt all those years, just the last year and a half or so, but living with it that way, I couldn't imagine what it would be like to have it replaced. I had no idea. I had no idea. I talked to other people. They're like, oh, yeah, it worked really good. It went good. But I'd never experienced it, so I have no idea. I didn't understand the freedom that I would feel in some of the things that I can do. I can walk around anywhere, and my hip does not hurt at all. Maybe it's because my back hurts right now. But my hip doesn't hurt at all. And I am so thankful and so excited. It's amazing what we can do today, what technology can do today. But we, it's really hard for us and for me to grasp what forgiving somebody, the freedom that comes with forgiving somebody. And unless you have experienced it, you, don't, you won't understand what that means. But there is freedom in forgiveness. Jesus set the example in Luke 23, 34, and he says, he's hanging, he's hanging on the cross. He's about ready to die. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. <clears throat> I don't think there could be a much better example. We can... <laughs> try to say that, well, Jesus didn't quite understand what these people have done to me here today. Well, let me tell you, these are the people that beat him, that mocked him, they laughed at him. And they killed him. And he says, Father, Forgive them. For they don't know what they do. What an example. How in the world are we supposed to follow that example? Anything that you could be going through or that you're dealing with that you don't want to forgive somebody, Jesus experienced it all. All of it. Nothing that you can go through did he not experience. All of it he did. And he still chose to say, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Stephen, who got martyred, did the same thing. In Acts chapter 7, verse 60, he said, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. What a powerful testimony. What better testimony could you leave what things are you struggling with today? What things are we working through today that we are struggling to ask for forgiveness or we're struggling to forgive somebody? Either way, the freedom that can be found in forgiveness is incredible. You have no idea if you've not experienced, boy, you're missing out.
I want to read a parable out of Matthew, excuse me, chapter 18. That's very familiar. I think it was mentioned a few weeks back by somebody doing opening. It's the parable of the unforgiving servant. And I'm going to read through this. And it just really, it really uh, fit with what I was talking about this morning. So Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21. It says, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him up to seven times. Now this is kind of even significant, up to seven times, because the, the religious teachers of that day said that three times, you should forgive somebody three times. And so by saying seven times right away, they're, they're being generous. They feel like they're being generous already in the amount of times that they, sh- they should forgive. But here's what Jesus comes back and says. He's, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that he had done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. We've all heard the story. We've all heard this parable before. What was being forgiven? The first guy says 10,000 talents. And I was reading a little bit about what that might have been. It was a huge. In fact, in one place it said that there was, there wasn't even that much money circulating in Israel at the time as what this guy owed. Another place it said it was 6,000 days wages, would be 16 years wages. And the idea isn't so much about how much it is, the idea is it was an impossible amount This guy would never, especially if he's in jail, he's not going to pay anything off. He was going to spend the rest of his life in prison. And the the parallel of this is, is that what God did for us when he died on the cross, because our sin against God was impossible. It was absolutely impossible. In fact, it would never have been able to pay it back. The payment of paying it back was eternal damnation. There was no way that we could pay it back could not happen. And that's more of what the point is. And then how often do I turn around when I know and I understand as much as I can understand what Christ has, that he has forgiven me that much, and I turn around to my fellow brother or sister and don't forgive three months wages, which pales in comparison to what I've been forgiven. 
And when I look at it in that way, how can I not forgive somebody? How can I honestly say, I, there's just no way, I don't think I can forgive? I understand there's difficult things. There's people that have been hurt terribly. I get it. I understand that part of it. But if we are comparing to what Christ has done for us, there is no comparison no matter what you're being asked to forgive. There isn't. Our debt was hopeless. It was hopeless. Really, it was. There was no way. There was absolutely no way that we could pay that debt back. When we ask ourselves if we should forgive, we need to remind ourselves in this verse right here that we just read that the sins of others against us are trivial in comparison to the enormity of our sin against God. The comparison, remember that the sins of others against us are trivial in comparison to the enormity of our sin against God. And sometimes it's really hard to understand if you have been raised in a Christian Bible-believing home, and that's all you've known your entire life, it's really sometimes can be just as hard, if not harder, to wrap your mind around what that means. And there's a lot of us that have had that kind of upbringing, myself included, but it doesn't change the fact when it's talking about the enormity of my sin against God is still the same as anybody else. It still is. And how, Lord, help me to understand what that really means. Help me to understand that what you did when you died on the cross was such a big deal. If we say it, you know, that's the basis of what we believe. He was raised from the dead, and we, it, 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 it's easy to talk about, and it's easy to say, but when it comes to living it, it's a completely different thing. And it's easy to point to somebody else and say, well, if they would just experience the forgiveness, then they could understand the freedom that there is. But the problem is God doesn't ask us to look at other people's lives. He asks us to look at our own lives. And if we're willing to do that, if we're willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and to convict us if there is anything that we need to ask forgiveness for or we need to forgive either side that it can be. Are we willing to allow him to do that? Are we willing because of what he's done, because of what he's done, knowing, and here is the uh, benefit, the bonus from that. Forgiveness is, is positive and we need to do it and we have to do it. First uh, John one nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we ask God to forgive us, he will do it. Every single time, he will do it. If I ask you to forgive me, hopefully you'll do the same. If you ask me to forgive me, you, sorry, my prayer is that I would do the same as well. But God is always willing 
to forgive us always. And that's the example. But the benefit and the bonus that goes with that is that we get to live in freedom. In freedom. Freedom. I didn't understand how much freedom I would feel with having a new hip. Maybe there's still some things that are limited that I won't be able to do. I'm not sure yet. But really, compared to what it was like before, it's so much different. I can walk without any pain. And if we're willing to forgive, we can live life without any pain. Ephesians uh, chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. In him we have the redemption. We have redemption through the blood. If we are willing to follow Christ's example that he set, we will experience the freedom of living for him that we have never experienced before. It's amazing. It really is. All as I'm experiencing right now is physical freedom in a sense. If we can experience spiritual freedom or emotional freedom because we're willing to forgive or we're willing to be forgiven. Man, how powerful is that? In his freedom. I'm going to play a song and that's what it's called. In his freedom, I will live. Let's pray and then we'll have that played. Father, thank you so much for your love. I thank you for the example that you set for us on the cross. The example of forgiving even the people that were hanging you on the cross, which was us. I thank you, Father, for the plan of salvation that you put in place and the forgiveness that you showed, set the example for. And I pray that you would help us to walk in that, help us to step out in that, and help us to realize and recognize the freedom that can come from being forgiven and forgiving. Father, I thank you so much for your love. I just thank you for each one that's here this morning. I pray that you would guide our week, and I pray that you would help us to remember to live in your freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.